This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, January 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farm Bill funding. Farm Bureau losing top lobbyist. Wheat's Japanese woes. California drought watch. And E. coli outbreak. The clock is ticking for Congress to avoid a government shutdown and reach a budget deal that could help fund a new farm bill. The chairman of the Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee, John Hovind, said work continues on cotton and dairy provisions that could be included in the budget deal that lawmakers hope to pass by January 19th. That's when the current stopgap funding bill expires. Hovind, a Republican of North Dakota, says senators want to use the provisions to increase the funding baseline for the farm bill. A House-passed disaster bill also included some cotton and dairy provisions, but was budget-neutral and didn't go as far as Senate Democrats want on dairy. Hovind said of the issue, it's still being worked on. Republican and Democratic leaders met yesterday with senior White House advisors, but gave no indication that a deal was imminent. Farm policy super lobbyist stepping away. The American Farm Bureau Federation has suffered a big blow ahead of the Farm Bill debate. Mary Kay Thatcher, who's long been one of the top Farm Bill lobbyists and most knowledgeable experts in the country on commodity programs and crop insurance, says she'll retire at the end of this month. No word on a possible replacement. In addition to her Farm Bill work, Thatcher also has become a leading voice for farmers on usage issues with big data. USDA analysts warn on Japan wheat sales. Farmers probably don't need another reason to be concerned about the direction of U.S. trade policy, but here's one from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. FAS analysts warn that U.S. wheat growers may lose additional market share in Japan that due to competition from other countries that are using new trade deals to muscle in on that market. The details are still unclear, but it appears that Japan has lowered tariffs on European wheat as a part of a trade pact it signed with the EU in December. That could mean more European wheat exports to Japan, less from the U.S. at a time when U.S. farmers need the business. The U.S. exported about $610 million worth of wheat to Japan in 2016, down from $747 million in 2015, and $915 million in 2014. The situation could get worse as Japan spearheads the effort to implement the Trans-Pacific Partnership, an 11-country trade pact that the U.S. pulled out of in early 2017. Canada and Australia could also get increased access to Japan's wheat market, giving even more countries a stronger edge over U.S. exports. Little snowpack in California. The first snowpack survey of the year in California has found less than a half inch, which is less than 3% of the average snowpack of 11.3 inches. It's too early to tell whether a drought may return to the state. Brett Gerke, chief of the California Cooperative Snow Surveys Program, who conducted the survey yesterday east of Sacramento in the Sierra Nevada, called the results disappointing, but added that it's far too early to draw conclusions about what kind of a wet season we'll have this year. Tidying the House. USDA ditches languishing proposals. The Trump administration is killing a series of relatively minor proposed rulemakings that had been sitting around at the department for years. 
including one that dated back to the end of the Clinton administration. The 16 proposed actions that are being withdrawn includes a 2011 Notice of Proposed Rulemaking for the Farmers Market Promotion Program. A policy analyst with the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition says the Obama administration never went forward with the farmers market proposal because officials decided it was unnecessary and the program was then expanded by the 2014 Farm Bill into the farmers market and local food promotion program. Arkansas reaffirms dicamba decision. The Arkansas State Plant Board isn't budging on its restrictions for dicamba herbicide. The board voted yesterday to affirm its decision to prohibit use of dicamba formulations between April 16th and October 31st. Both the board and its pesticide committee agreed to maintain the regulations they approved on November 8th, even after a panel of Arkansas lawmakers asked them to take another look. The lawmakers asked the board last month to re-examine the seasonal ban, taking into account scientific-based evidence, a dividing line to create north and south zones, and temperature and humidity applications to the nighttime temperature inversion. The Legislative Council will meet again January 16th, and Monsanto, which produces the Dicamba formulation Extendamax, hopes the panel pushes back again. Scott Partridge, the company's vice president of global strategy, said the plant board used research from the 1970s on older, more volatile dicamba products and failed to look at data submitted by Monsanto. Partridge told AgriPulse they didn't do what they were told to do, go back and look at the science. Investigators seek source of E. coli outbreak. Leafy greens are among the suspects in the search for a source of multi-state outbreak of E. coli illnesses. Seventeen illnesses have been reported so far in 13 states that, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, preliminary lab results show the E. coli strain is closely related to the bacteria that has been making people sick in Canada, that outbreak that has been linked to romaine lettuce. Well, in case you missed it, Over the holidays, an inspector general's report called on FDA to improve its food recall system. The report said that FDA often fails to evaluate health hazards in a timely manner or to properly collect status reports from food companies or to adequately track key recall data. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said the agency will be announcing additional steps early this year to improve the recall process and FDA's oversight of food safety. Farm Bureau, National Farmers Union, launch Farm Town Strong. The Farm Bureau and National Farmers Union, which frequently differ on public policy issues, are moving ahead with their joint effort to curb the epidemic of opioid abuse in rural America. National Farmers Union President Roger Johnson will be at the AFBF annual convention next week to jointly address the meeting with Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall. And yesterday, the two groups officially launched a new website and campaign called Farm Town Strong that raises awareness of the problem. The website provides resources for dealing with opioid abuse. Here's today's He Said It. It's going to take everyone working together to combat this crisis to make a difference. 
That's why Farm Bureau and Farmers Union are teaming up to show unity on this issue and encourage farm families to help their neighbors. That AFBF President, Zippy Duvall. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, January 4th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Downey.